Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Women now occupy almost half of the seats on the St. Louis Board of Aldermen. More and more are being encouraged to run for political office around the country. And among the prominent voices in the U.S. Senate are those of women. There are many other examples in and out of politics. Women are increasingly prominent in the media and business. What's behind this surge? We've asked Vivian Eveloff, director of the Sue Shear Institute for Women in Public Life at UMSL to join us, along with Annie Rice, the brand-new alderwoman from the 8th Ward in St. Louis. She was featured earlier this week on St. Louis Public Radio's Politically Speaking podcast. That podcast ended with political reporter Jason Rosenbaum asking this question. You had 50 minutes to decide what your (laughs) outro music was going to be. I'm sure that you weren't thinking of that when we were peppering you with questions. But what do you want your outro music to be? I'm going to go with Who Run the World with Beyonce. Um, It's 2018 and it's the year of the woman and let's do this. Congratulations to you on your big win this week. And is this really the year of the woman? Thank you so much. Uh, I sure hope so. <laughs> You're going to let it go at that. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Vivian, let me turn to you then. Um, how would you assess the status of women in politics today and, and in, the, in the world of public policy? Well, let me begin with in the dawn of time. <laughs> um, when I, I and a number of other women who've gone on to either run for and or hold uh, elected office and other public policy um, positions, women who served in, in elected office were the widows of men who'd been elected to it, mm-hmm. that that was just the way it was, that nobody thought to recruit a woman. There were all of the general barriers that have been held out for women's progress in all kinds of areas where you have to look after the family. Uh, you have to be home, and to be an alderman and to be near your home is a great advantage compared to being in Jefferson City. <coughs> My first campaign was uh, in 1972 when a group of us young, recently fired-up women um, decided we needed to find a woman candidate for the Missouri House of Representatives. And we were too young. Our children were too young. It was not an option. And someone knew a woman who'd been active in other people's campaigns and had the great advantage of having sent her last child off to college. And we took turns somewhere between encouraging and harassing her (laughs) into running for (laughs) office with the promise that we would run the campaign. And um, no one really took her seriously. Her opponent in the primary was an open seat, um, was the son of a sitting and highly respected senator. And so everyone assumed that he would be the next elected uh, state rep from that area. And uh, we went out and knocked on doors. I mean, I was a young woman who was afraid to knock on doors to sell my Girl Scout cookies. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I'm selling them a woman they've never heard of and gave a pretty good pitch. And much to her opponent's surprise and many others, she won that election and went on to be the longest-serving woman in the history of the Missouri legislature. And that woman was? Sue Shear. For whom your institute is uh, It was named, named after, yes, she yeah. had retired 
and um, and she has always been a role model. And Harriet Woods followed. Uh, yes. Same same kind of story. She she was upset over a noisy manhole cover, if I remember Correct. the story correctly. And so she went down to City Hall and started fighting. Right. And it took her a long way. Annie, what motivated you? So a lot of someone asking um, that it was. I was getting involved um, in the community and trying to get other people involved in our political process. Um, activism, um, that was a big part of it, was um, after Mike Brown's death and then after the death of Von Derrick Myers in the Shaw neighborhood, which is where I live, um, I, I got involved in, in uh, activism that way uh, and then was asked to run for the committee woman position. Um, the previous... The previous committee woman, uh, Cara Jensen, said, hey, you're doing this already. Um, you're going to be great at this. I'll help you out. I'll help you understand what this is. We'll help work on this campaign. And uh, it took a little more pushing, and, and I got involved and, and kind of have just grown to understand my own role and my skills and being able to bring it to this next level as well. So it's sort of that intro push and then like, oh, yeah, this is something that I'm really good at. This is something I can do. Were you urged to run uh, because of your activism or because you're a woman? Well, it was a committee woman position, so uh, it, uh, it had to be a woman. Um, but uh, That explains that. Yeah, 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 but also the activism side. So, yeah. Yeah. What about this, uh, this uh, trend, Vivian, that many, many women are being asked to run? And it is because of the, their energy, I'm sure, and because of their intelligence, but also because they're women. Well, I think there's some truth in that, yeah. but it's not really the uh, hard and fast rule. And the general concept in the world of, of politics and elections is that women have to be asked. Men don't wait to be asked. They see an a opportunity and they go forward and seize it, and they don't question their ability to do the job, whereas women uh, have a hard time sometimes translating the skills they've created for themselves as a woman into their beneficial aspects of being in office. You know, it, you, when you're elected, it's not about making cookies. Yeah. What, what is it that's going on in the country today that is motivating women to get involved and motivating other people to encourage them to do so? Oh, that's a very big question, Don. Yeah. Um, part of it, I believe, is that women have uh, accomplished more things than they had when Sue Shearer was elected in mm -hmm. 1972. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, she had not had a lot of experience with legislation, uh, had not spent time in Jefferson City. One of the great stories is when she walked onto the House floor for the first time after they um, were sworn in, the doorman stopped her and said to her, lady, secretaries aren't allowed on the House floor. Mm -hmm. And for a moment, she stopped. She And then she realized she was not there as a secretary. She was there as an equal partner with all those men who outnumbered her significantly. But, but Annie, do you sense that something is going on in the country today that is making this happen? Yes, absolutely. Um, we have everything from the, the Me Too movement um, that yeah. is right mm -hmm. now the um, the Time's Up movement that uh, came that one came more directly out of Hollywood. But you, we have – a selection of women, especially my generation, that um, understand that we can represent ourselves really well, um, and and that representation matters to have have a woman saying, "Hey, this is this is how I relate to you." It's not it's not a man saying, "I'm going to listen to all of the women in my life and make decisions based off that." Well, I can make decisions as a woman because I know 
um, personally how these things affect me. Um, and so there's there's a, a piece of that that's lighting this fire, I think, that we're there, there are a lot of women, a lot of people and a lot of women in my circles who are kind of sick of men making all the decisions for us um, and and ready and, and energized by um, all sorts of different people in politics and in leadership that are just pushing women forward. And, and we're doing a good job right now of bringing each other along. Um, we're not just putting one person out there and um, highlighting them and only them. We've got organizations that are springing up to, to help women run. This is campaign training. Um, people who are working on campaigns um, and and making sure that we're really directly connecting with the people that we're representing as well. Was there, do you think, an aha moment, uh, an epiphany, a single event that caused this uh, to happen in the last year or two? You know, I don't know that I can tie it to a, a specific, but it's it's sort of, you know, one thing after another. You know, just one more bigger piece, one more... Um, it's you know sort of a, a rolling stone gathering all of all of this on mm-hmm. it and um, you know, and and maybe we haven't reached the peak of the wave yet. Uh, we're I'm hoping that 2018 elections will be uh, great ones for women here in Missouri and um, and across the country. Uh, we've got more women candidates um, or people interested in being candidates. We have all of our candidates who are already in the Missouri House that are looking to get reelected in all of these positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm interested in keep keeping this wave going and, and not thinking that we've hit the crest yet. Do you see any kind of, Vivian, do you see any kind of an eureka moment in, in, in this movement? Well, I think Hillary was an eureka moment. Uh, you know, we're about to celebrate President's Day, and we're still waiting to celebrate our first mm-hmm. female President's Day. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I think that there is an, an increasing open-mindedness about it, not by everybody, but by a large portion of the electorate. I will suggest and see what your reaction, both of you, is to this, that the election of Donald Trump has something to do with it. Mm -hmm. I think of the Women's March, which followed by 24 hours his his inauguration. Right. Do you agree? Yes, yes. I think that's been universally observed to a large degree, that the women who have organized themselves, not about a particular narrow cause, but about time for women to have a hand on the wheel as well. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it's um, the Hillary was inspirational in showing us that we could get this far, right, that we we almost had this. But then it was also the sexism coming from the other side against her and against the women who were supporting her and policies and things coming from that side that that pushed women to take to the streets. Um, And I I think you're right. That's absolutely a tie back is the Women's March and then saying you're going to stay involved. Marching is great, but let's keep doing all of this together. Well, some people might see the Hillary's loss as a setback for women. Well, we don't don't think a man's loss is a setback for men. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that we can generalize to say because that woman lost, no woman can win. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of factors at play in that election. Sure. And there's there's something to be said for the the opposition momentum, right? So um, while I do think some of the policies being put forward by President Trump are are detrimental to women, are a setback to women – the the overwhelming response, right? This this wave of of pushing people to to take control of this now mm-hmm. um, may end up being a, a positive for us. It's not the way I would have liked to have it done, but but I think there there's momentum created there. What do women bring to the table when it comes to politics that that is different from men? 
Well, again, it's hard to say all men, all women. Sure, but but I think in you general, get the idea. <laughs> <laughs> women uh, tend to be good listeners, uh, which some men do and some men don't. Uh, but I think that that's a significant thing, and that they care about um, and have experience in issues having to do with things besides war and the the old days assumption that men were kind of the general in chief. Mm-hmm. And we haven't had uh, a president in a while who has military experience. There are women now who have good military experience if we think that's an attribute that we want. So it, that some of those barriers are just gone. Uh, and I think as our voters uh, have grown up in an era of gender equality or having that as an espoused value, that it will be not easier but less the barrier is not as big as it used to be in terms of considering a woman for president or for governor mm-hmm. or county executive. We have a woman mayor in the city of St. Louis who I think has done a wonderful job of being a really good role model. Annie, what do you think, in general, women bring to the table, and you in particular? Yes, I think there's a there's a sense of collaboration um, that comes from women. There's a, a communal aspect to the way that we lead. We... Um, and again, these are generalizations, right? They, um, sure. But there, there tends to be this community aspect that, um, that, along with having other people ask us to run, we know that we have to be supported by folks. We're checking in with people constantly about about their opinions and their desires and, and what the needs are. Um, and and so it's not so much about one person's political career, right? And and how they're trying to advance themselves, but but where are they serving, right? It's it's. Um, it's a little bit of a shift there as well, that it's more of a service-minded um, aspiration than than just a straight career, I want to get to this point. Um, so, that, But that collaboration, I see that a lot um, in the areas where, you know, women are – are working. We're more likely to call meetings with other with other people. We're more likely to have intentional conversations, even with people that we disagree with, um, than saying purely "This is what I believe, and I'm going to charge ahead on this path." Um, we're we're going to solicit some other input on that first. Vivian, do you think it will put a greater emphasis on on social issues that uh, get short shrift in the mind of some today? I'm thinking of abortion, health care, things like that that are always on the table, but but uh, don't last very long. Well, Don, I think there are issues like the economy and good jobs and good schools, good safe highways. I mean, women do all those things, Mm -hmm. I would suggest, in equal numbers with men. Uh, And we're not going to say, oh, yes, we'll go sit over here and and worry about uh, early childhood education and nothing else. We want to talk about advanced education and ability to be um, smart enough to attract more people and more industries to our community so we have growth, mm-hmm. I, I think we've expanded our horizon enormously. How does that match with your own priorities, uh, Annie? Yeah, it, it's not just about um, protecting my body as a woman. It's it's absolutely about everything else that every other politician has ever been concerned with, right? That we have um, business leaders, we've, we've we have to attract jobs. We have to um, create safe neighborhoods, things like that. And and all of those 
um, you know, we, we may come at it from a different aspect, but it's not just that we're, we're only focused on children and women. It's, um, it, it's everything else in all of these other arenas that women are now a part of. We're a part of um, C-suites and, organ, and companies. We're, um, we're doing more than just being teachers and homemakers, right? Um, so all of those concerns are, are there as well. It's really important to point out that we're, we're talking politics primarily, but when you look at media today, when you look at the business world today, this, this surge, I keep calling it a surge because it has been happening relatively quickly in recent years. It's happening all over. I agree, and I think it's a good thing. I think we get better everything. We get better media programs and diversity because yeah. not everybody looks the same who's in charge of, of our communications and our media. Mm-hmm. Well, and I would just add to that, too, that being able to see another person who looks like you in a particular role empowers you to believe that you could be that, right? Um, and so uh, my own personal experience, just watching Wonder Woman this year was mm-hmm. a film, and I, I cried during a fight scene, and I I, nev- I did not expect that response, but it was seeing women in this powerful role that I just hadn't ever seen before that really deeply like, sparked something for me. And, you know, and on off the topic of gender a little bit, but thinking about Black Panther opening this weekend yeah. and the amount of enthusiasm and just growth that happens when you see yourself in media, you see yourself in these positions. You know, I think of it every time I listen to NPR, which is almost all of the time, because uh, I go back to the day when women reporters only covered flower shows. Mm-hmm. And now when you listen to NPR, the women reporters are are so outstanding, and they're in every hot spot in the world. I mean, they're, they've, they're just doing a remarkable job. and that's, But it's taken... 40, 40 years to get to that point. To get our voice on the air. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to take one quick phone call before time runs out. Ron in St. Louis wants to go back to uh, Donald Trump, so let's uh, see what he has to say. Go ahead, Ron. Make it quick if you would. I, I thought Hillary was uh, a perfect candidate, and I don't understand why so many white women turned their back on Hillary and voted for Donald Trump and Eric Wright and then come out and protest uh, the day after his inauguration. Please help me understand that. Thanks, Ron. Vivian, do you want to take it? <laughs> You're pointing to uh, Annie Rice. Go ahead. It is. It baffles me as well. Um, you know, and I, I, they're. Oof, that's that's a long one to get into. Um, and I think it it has to has to do with the way that we view um, racial representation as well. When um, you know, just because we're elevating women, just because we're elevating people of color, does not mean that we are threatening the status of of white men is that we're not trying to diminish those things. I mean, I, I think there may have been some backlash uh, there that, that other white women may have um, seen. But uh, again, that's we got to go down a rabbit hole for that. So. We could spend a, a good hour talking about that without any difficulty whatsoever. We have to wrap it up. Do you have a final thought, Vivian Eveloff, that you'd like to leave us with? Well, the, we have um, had one special election recently mm-hmm. um, with a good outcome. And, you know, we can't elect more women if women won't run. And so I think it's important for women to think of that always as an option for them to change the world and make it a better place. And whether it's one step or one handshake at a time, we have to be at the table in order to have our voices heard. Mm-hmm. Annie Rice? Yeah, I, I'm just excited about um, the the women who are running in this next election cycle um, are 
incumbents from Deb Lavender and Jill Shoup and um, Tracy McCree and, um, you know, Cori Bush challenging in our congressional district. We've got um, Claire McCaskill. We need to get reelected. We have have lots of powerful women um, in this area, and I am excited to continue helping them push forward. What's your ultimate objective in the political world? Where do you want to be 10 years from now? I want to serve where I'm best useful. Good answer. Annie Rice, thank you so much for being with us. Vivian Eveloff, thank you. Great to see you again. It's always a pleasure talking with you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.